Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Faithful UK Show. Hi guys, and welcome back to the 49er Faithful UK Show. In what feels like an eternity, we are once again looking forward to 49er football. This bye week has actually felt longer than the whole of the off-season. It's amazing what a few wins can do for you. On today's show, I'm joined by Andrew Hodgson. Hello, Andrew. Hello, you all right? I'm not bad, mate. Have you enjoyed the season so far? Yeah, um, been the best start of the season in a long time, so you know everything's picking up. Certainly has, and uh, like I said, it makes a hell of a difference to how long you wait in between games for the next one. It just seems to yeah. drag over when when you're winning. So yeah, hopefully that will continue for the rest of the season. That's 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 the hope. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so tonight we are previewing the Browns game. Over the past five years, the 49ers have been utterly terrible after a bye week, losing all five encounters. However, all of those bye weeks have always come after week eight in the season. So I think we may be due a change of fortune with an earlier bye week, but I guess we'll find out tonight. Head to head, the Browns, believe it or not, lead the overall series 18 to 9. They are visiting Levi Stadium for the first time. The last home game the 49ers played against the Browns was actually under Jim Harbaugh back in 2011 when the 49ers ran out 20-10 winners. The last game between the two teams saw the Browns, led by Johnny No Sense Manziel, come out winners 24-10. Due to the Browns relocating to Baltimore in 1995 and a four-year hiatus before Cleveland were awarded an expansion team in 1999, the 49ers have actually only played the Browns four times since 1993. I found that to be an incredible stat, given the fact that Cleveland didn't have a team for only four of those years. All of the stats are in the 49ers' favour for tonight's game, but unfortunately you don't play the game on paper. When you have a look at the stats, the 49ers are fourth in total offence, averaging 420 yards a game. The Browns are 11th. Passing, the 49ers are 16th. Rushing, we're actually second, averaging 175 yards. On the defence side of the ball, 49ers are ranked third overall, only allowing an average of 283 yards. The Browns are 12th with 335 yards. But I think the stat that gets me is the total defence for the 49ers in rushing, we're only allowing 75 yards. And the Browns are struggling to run the ball consistently. They're currently 18th with 120 and I think that's potentially where the game might be won today. How we run the ball against the Browns and how we stop them. So, Andrew, we've got yeah. plenty of intriguing matchups on both sides of the ball tonight. Which ones yeah. do you think will decide the game? Um, I think for us offensively, it's going to be Miles Garrett against Justin School. Um 
if it had been Staley, I would have been a lot more confident. Yeah. But Garrett is a is is a beast, really. Um, and if I think school's going to need a lot of help from either running backs or tight ends. Um, if we manage to sort of keep him under control, I think the the game could well be there. Well, should be there for the taking. Um, especially with the injury announcements for the Browns earlier on the day. Uh, should hopefully mean that we're wide receivers are hopefully a bit more open. Right. So that that is surprisingly similar to my very first line in the matchups on offense. Um, the first line I put in there is uh, there's going to be a major emphasis on how school lines up against either Garrett or Vernon because I think Garrett and Vernon do a similar thing to what Bosa and Ford do. They keep on switching the side that they're rushing at to to put off the offensive line so that they don't get used to the same type of rush and, and they switch constantly during the game. So that that would be interesting, that matchup. Yeah, definitely. What other matchups do you see? Maybe he's along the O line as well because McClinchy... He's been average this season. He hasn't played to the standard that he played last season. So I think potentially McGlinchey needs to up his game tonight. Yeah, uh, I think the Steelers game probably was his worst game he's had for us um, since since we signed him as a rookie. Um, but I think you can see, you can see already a sort of an improvement coming from Richburg. Um, I think it's just he's sort of shaking the rust off a little bit. So we need. I think we need the guards to, uh, and centre to, to perform as well as possible. And then hopefully where needed, like I said, the tight ends can either help in or we'll get some blocking from the running backs as well. Do you think we're going to have a run-heavy game tonight? I think so. Um, I mean, before, the, before obviously, I've seen about the, the Browns cornerbacks, I thought um, we were, our best probably chance was going to beat a run to try and sort of Get maybe just like run up the middle and get out of the way of the Garrett and the um, Vernon, um, and I know against the I think it was the Colts when the Browns played last, um, they started off quite a lot of passing and it was sort of expected. They changed to a run heavy offense and Nick Chubb, um, I think he scored a couple of touchdowns yeah, and got did. quite a few yards. Um, so that's obviously. With our wide nine, it sometimes allows a little bit more rushing, even though we're rushing, rush defence has been really good this year. Um, I think this could be one of the bigger tests we've had. All right. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Chubb there, because I've got him on my fantasy team. And he has been getting <laughs> some really good points um, up to this point in the season. And to be honest, yeah. after last night, the, the way all my fantasy team's gone, I don't need to get him, I don't need him right. to get us any points at all tonight. Which is good. Oh, I'm already in a good position. Yeah. So if Nick Chubb has yeah. a terrible game, I don't mind. You don't mind. <laughs> so matchups on defense. Obviously, we've got a fully well. We've almost got a fully fit uh, roster. Obviously, a killer yeah. with a spoon and Joe Staley are out. Other than that, everybody else is fit. So I think we're going to have five healthy inactives tonight. Yeah. Which means we're going to be seeing, hopefully, we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, Bosa and Ford doing that switching, which I've already uh, mentioned about. And it'll be interesting to see how Bosa is tested on the right-hand side of the Browns' uh, O-line. Or, if you look from a Browns' perspective, it's their left-hand side. Um, because yeah. both Robinson and Betonio are having quite a good season. And they look as though they're going to really provide a test for Bosa. 
well, Bosa and Ford because of the, the way of the switch. But it'll be interesting to see how they cope against those two offensive linemen. Yeah, um, yeah, they're, they said they're having a good, their offensive line is having a good sort of season. Um, hopefully, if they're concentrating on both and forward, it allows Armstead and um, Buckner in, or even in, I thought who, uh, one of the players has been playing really well for us this season is DJ Jones when he comes in. Yeah. Hopefully, if they're concentrating on the outside, we can get them on the inside. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I, I mean, obviously, our. our our defensive line are absolutely excellent this season. They've played really well. Yeah. Um, I think we might see a bit more from Buckner tonight. He's, I was going to say he's had a quiet season so far. Not not quiet because he has made a huge difference. Every game he plays, he makes a huge difference. Um, but obviously, yeah. he's not racking up the, the same amount of sacks as what he did last season as quickly. Um, I think that will come. That's definitely going to come. But when you look at uh, our defensive line, all, all the sacks have been spread out among, amongst all the players there. I mean, you look at uh, Blair. Blair's got, has he got three or four sacks now in the season? He, he's having an excellent season and he's not even one of our starters. So yeah. it, it goes to show just having two decent pass rushers on the edge creates so many opportunities for our interior defensive linemen to get through there uh, and make a play. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, the stack numbers maybe aren't as high for Buckner or anything at the moment, but the um, the number of pressures that we're getting, even if we're not getting at the quarterback, we're getting them pressured and it causing them mistakes. Um, and I think you can really see it against the Steelers. Um, Nathan Rudolph was uh, was sort of seeing ghosts at some points because he, he just even just a four man pressure, no blitzing, he was feeling the pressure every single time he dropped back. Yeah. So when you look at the Browns team on offense, they've got some really, really good players. I mean, you've got two, uh, should we call them both elite wide receivers? You've got Beckham, you've got Landry, both playing in like the, the top echelons of wide receivers. Going over to the defensive side of the ball, we've got Sherman, who who is always going to be a good player for the 49ers. Opposite Sherman tonight, I'm not entirely sure who it's going to be. Is it going to be Jimmy Ward? Is it going to be Mosley? Is it going to be Dante Johnson, who they've just re-signed again and brought back in? I'm unsure who that uh, opposite cornerback to Sherman is going to be. But whoever it is, they're going to have to either cover Beckham or Landry. <laughs> I mean, that's that's yeah. not an easy task for anyone. No. Um, I mean, everything I've sort of been listening to the last couple of weeks, like the last week, has sort of been indicating it's going to be Mosley. But like you said, it could easily be Jimmy Ward or Dante Johnson. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I think I've heard is Landry out of the concussion protocol now. I believe he is. Cause I, know he was a, I know he was a doubt. Because um, I think the team I'm playing against on my fantasy has him playing for them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. um, but... but you know, it's 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 is it going to be? I think more if it is, if I say we're going with Mosley, I think you're going to see sort of similar to what last season happened. You get tested very early, and if he's not up to the test, the teams will just stay away from Sherman. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that as well. So again, let's stick with the 49ers on defense. Uh, we've got Warner, Alexander, and Greenlaw there, who are all going to hopefully stop the Browns' run game tonight. Um, and coupled with both Borsa and Ford attacking either edge, I think Mayfield might be in for an uncomfortable night. If we can take the run away and force him to make passes, it's 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 possible that he does end up chucking a pass in the direction of uh, Sherman 
um, who can hopefully improve on his interception tally for the season and nudge himself towards that uh, five interceptions, which is what <laughs> what my bold prediction said, yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think he's he's got that in him. Everyone sort of compares him to Brett Favre in that way, where he he just sort of he'll sling it where he, when he can't even see somebody slightly open. And I mean, I'm not saying he's anywhere near as good. He's not as good as sort of Brett Favre, but he. He's a bit elusive at the back, but he doesn't normally like like where Russell Wilson moves forward quite a lot. He sort of moves side to side, yeah. Um, and he's he's likely to throw it somewhere, and hopefully, you know, it's to someone who's covered by a 49er. <laughs> that's all I can tell him. Yeah. So, I mean, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. I was very impressed with his first season. He's had a little bit of a quiet start to the second season. When you look at the talent he's got round him. He, and if you look at his O-line, or at least the left-hand side of the O-line, he's got some really good players around him. And you wouldn't really expect him to regress as much as normal second-year quarterbacks do. But he, seen, he does seem to be struggling this year. Now, when when he came into the league last year, or before the season had started, and the Browns were on um, hard knocks, that's it. Yeah. When the Browns were on hard knocks... I did take a real good liking to Baker Mayfield. I, I, I like this whole approach. I, I thought he was a down-to-earth guy. And I was really looking forward to um, actually making something of himself uh, and being a decent quarterback. Of course, that all goes out the window tonight. I just wanted him to be a jabbering wreck and uh, curled up in the corner of the locker room come full-time, swaying backwards and forwards, thinking, what on earth just happened to us? Yeah, that's that's the hope. And yeah. Uh... Yeah, it's, it's, hopefully that's what it'll be. It'll be just sat in the corner, not uh, happy. But, but it's, like you said, there has been a slight regression this year. Um, I don't know if it's the change. This is his third head coach. I know he was the uh, offensive coordinator last year, Freddie Kitchens, but he doesn't sort of, and as much as I hate this, um, Greg Williams, who we replaced, he's, maybe he's not as as much of a, like, a shouty leader. And maybe that's what May, Mayfield needed. Yeah, possibly. Um, I don't know, but hopefully, like I said I like I, I I don't really like to see people not do well. I like to see good games, but I I want to see them not do well tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we've got Tevin Coleman fit again for tonight's game. Now that that's going to be a huge decision by Shanahan as to who he leaves out the backfield. We've got Coleman coming in. He played what three quarters of the first game before he injured his ankle. Actually, no, he injured his ankle on the very first play. They kept him in for a while before they took him out. You've got Breda, who who was absolutely lightened up like he did last year. When he's fit, he's absolutely excellent. Um, You've got Mustert, absolutely excellent. Every time he comes on, he he never lets us down. And you've got Jeff Wilson. I mean, Jeff Wilson is pounding in the the touchdowns. Granted, his yardage isn't going up very much because we're always on the, the one yard line as we stick him in. But it's going to be a shame that any one of those is either released or I don't think they can go down to the practice squad anymore. Wilson, is that? Uh, I think Wilson is eligible, but I think you'd get snapped up by another yeah, team if, we're, if we did. Um, yeah, it's, it's, if you'd asked us maybe earlier on in the week, I was thinking, well, last week I probably would have said, mate, of. Sent like ineligible, not in, yeah, uh, ineligible. Uh, must must that um, right. 
out of the out of the four of them. That's what I was thinking because he had the special because he's he did have a couple of fumbles. I think he, he's, he has played well, but he had a couple of fumbles, and we had like Exum on the who was doing really well as a gunner and Mosley. Yeah. Um, but obviously now sort of Exum's being released, and we and Mosley's going to probably be a starter. We we'll probably need, do need him as a gunner on special teams. Um, and it's like who else? I don't think he'll suit four up, but if you then, um, if it's Wilson, you take away, um, basically every single Russian touchdown the Niners have had this season has been done by Wilson, so you take all the Russian touchdowns away. Yeah. Um, but I think that's probably what it would be. It'll probably be Wilson, I think, and Coleman will come in on them sort of sort of backs. But originally, I thought maybe Mostak, but now I think he's needed for special teams. Yeah, I think you're right about that. It's it's going to be an interesting decision either way. Um, I, I don't think I've seen enough of Coleman in a 49ers uniform playing in the offence that Shanahan's running at the moment to actually make a decision whether or not or where he should be on the depth chart. Um, theoretically, he's supposed to be number one, but for me, it's, it's Matt Breda. Matt Breda's our number one running back. But until somebody can actually take that uh, that position away from him, I think Breda is the number one. Tevin Coleman's going to have to come in, come back from his injury, and actually prove that he should be the starting running back. Yeah, totally agree. Um, it just sort of shows that we've got these four running backs, and any of them could be a, could be a start. We play. You you don't need to go out spending first round draft picks on them. Yeah, I mean, so you make a good point about draft picks there, and, and I'm going off on a tangent here. But talking about receivers. Um, there's a there's a fair few articles uh, being bandied about in the last few days about Stefan Diggs and whether or not the 49ers should pick up on him because people are saying we don't have a true number one uh, wide receiver. I've said this before. We don't need one in Shanahan's offense. Sh- Shanahan is scheming receivers open left, right and centre. I mean, what, what did I say we were overall in uh, offense? I think I said we were third, fourth. Total yeah. offense, fourth. I mean, you don't get fourth when you're not being able to scheme your receivers open and with a good running attack as well. We, we've got the wide receivers there that can do the job. Why give up draft picks to bring in somebody like Stefan Diggs? Yeah, totally agree. I think everyone says, oh, you need a number one. But if you look at all the teams who've sort of won the Super Bowl, which was mainly the Patriots over the last few years, they've, they've never had a number one receiver. Um, it's sort of it's receiver by committee, and people could argue that George Kittle's were number one. Yeah, and I think that's a very good argument because going back to the Patriots, you could argue that Gronk's been their number one wide receiver, well, number one receiver for years and years, and he's a tight end. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, yeah. I think the only time they did have that number one was when Randy Moss was there and they lost that's that. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think this all all this talk about oh, we need a true number one wide receiver. I don't think we do. I don't think we do at all. I, I think that would be a waste of draft picks and we'd be better off keeping those draft picks uh, and just gradually building the, the strength up in the team. Obviously, we, we've got a decent team at the moment, um, but we don't know how good it is until we start getting the injuries coming in. Obviously, we, we've lost our left tackle. Um, we didn't play... We. <sighs> The game against the Steelers, I can say we didn't play too badly. Obviously, it was a bit of a uh, comical show on offense. Yeah. But that wasn't down to the left tackle being missing. That that was just 
a lack of um, concentration and a lack of discipline. Obviously, hopefully we've improved on that over the last two weeks because I wouldn't want to see that again against the Browns. But yeah, um, I don't think we need a number one wide receiver in the sense that people are talking about a number one wide receiver. I think we've got yeah. a good enough offense as it is to continue. Um, it's been mentioned before as well. We, we probably need to strengthen the O-line and cornerback. I think those are the two areas. But even still, at the moment, they're not that bad. It's it's not like previous seasons where you could identify a place that a uh, position that needs to be strengthened and say we need to do that as soon as possible because that is atrocious. We just have a slight weakness in those areas now. Yeah, totally agree. Then them positions that you mentioned, possibly even safety or more needed. Um, we've got people doing jobs there at the moment, which like you said, but if we're getting injury, then that might sort of flare it up a bit. Um, and I think, like you said, draft, trading one of our draft picks this year, we, I think we've, we've got only got a few anyway. We've only got a first and a third at the moment. We haven't got a second. Um, so you're not going to give away your first and start picking in the third round. Yeah. Uh, so to me, I think unless something really, really bad happens, you, you need to keep them and build for the season. Like, Build on whatever your record is this season for next season. Because um, if you, in my in my head, I thought it would be maybe be challenging in year three, and then really really challenging year four. So that's another year of building next year. Um, uh, we've, we've sort of hit lucky that we've got a number one quarterback for a second rounder. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I'm completely aligned to what your expectations were. So this year, I thought we'd be knocking on the door of the playoffs or potentially even getting a wild card uh, slot there. And then next year is where you think, right, this is this is where our Super Bowl window opens up. Obviously, the way we started the season this season, it's give a lot of people a lot of optimism. Um, it, it's a long season, and only time's going to tell whether or not that optimism lasts all the way through to the end of the season. We've got some really tough games coming up, and the, the games that I have initially uh, put us down for a loss and to be honest, the start hasn't really changed that because I always had us down for a 4-0 start with the four teams that we yeah. played. So I'm not going to say it hasn't been a surprise because I think the surprising thing is how well we've played. I honestly thought we'd win these games and I think, or I, I did think the first loss would come against the Rams. I'm not sure that would be the case because I think the Rams yeah. are overrated. I think they're struggling with Todd Gurley not performing to how he used to perform. And who, who can blame him? The guy's got arthritis in both knees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's totally great. I mean, it's, it's like the 49ers put Mike Gran in the backfield, <laughs> giving her the ball and say, get yourself away there. Yeah. So I, I, I think they're overrated purely because they no longer have that ground running game that they did last season. And because of that, Jared Goff's been uh, forced into throwing the ball a lot more often. And he is struggling a bit more than what he did last season. Yeah, and I think they've lost a couple of the bigger O-line players that stepped up for them last year as well, which is people aren't really paying much attention to either. Yeah. But, yeah, it's about, it, I see that that game has been moved for Sky next week, so we're on Sky on next Sunday. Next Sunday we're on Sky. Yeah, yeah, against the Rams. It's the 9 o'clock game on Sky. Fantastic. Although it's not going to be fantastic for all of our fans. Uh, all of our no. fans, all of our members, 
um, because some of them don't have Sky. They actually use Game yeah. Pass to watch the games. So, unfortunately. And black, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's uh, back backtrack from that uh, complete tangent I went off talking about the Rams. <laughs> I should really stick to my script. I should. <laughs> right, so let's, let's get into predictions. Um, the over-under for this game is it's reasonably high. It's a 47.5. The 49ers are currently five-point favourites. So let's start with the over-under. Do you think we're going to go over or under? Um, well, initially, when I was thinking, when I was thinking, I thought it was going to be a tight, low-scoring game. But then I put my score down, and I've got it going over. All right. <laughs> okay. So you're going over. So I'm now intrigued yeah. to find out what the score is going to be. Um, I got us winning thirty-one twenty-four. Thirty-one twenty-four. So seven-point differential. Yeah. Okay. So. I am going to go under, but only just under. Because I, too, have us winning by a seven-point differential. And I've got us winning by 27-20. So I, th I think it's still going to be a close game. It's only yeah. going to be one touchdown in it. But, yeah, I think based off the two teams, the way they've played this season, the way the offences are playing, how many points they're scoring, how many they're preventing other teams from scoring, I think 27-20 to me, feels right. I, I definitely think it's going to be 49ers win. I don't think we're going to blow out the Browns. I, I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to come down to the last fourth, uh, the last quarter, the fourth quarter, when the game is won. I, I can definitely yeah. see us going into that fourth quarter, possibly um, tied at 20 each. Yeah. it's. Uh, I think, like I said, it will be a very close game, um, and it'll probably be who's got the ball last. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. What I'm going to ask you for, Andrew, is a ball prediction for tonight's game. Either side of the ball. Up to you. Right. right. Um, how about Jimmy G won't get sacked tonight? Yeah, that, that's a reasonable ball <laughs> prediction considering they've got both Vernon and Garrett. They've yeah. got a rookie left tackle. So, yeah, I would say that is a ball prediction. No, that's good. I'll probably, probably be blown out the water after the first play. <laughs> <laughs> right, so what's my ball prediction going to be then? I should have thought about this a lot more before I actually started the podcast. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go... See, I don't think Tevin Coleman's going to come back in and be the main back. I think it's still going to be Breda. And I kind of fancy Breda to do to go over 150 yards on the ground. And I'm actually going to give him one touchdown this week. I, I don't know if that's a bold prediction, though. Well, seeing as, seeing as nobody else other than Wilson scored a touchdown for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I'll go for that. Breda, yeah. 150 plus yards and one touchdown. I'm even tempted to do one on the defence side of the ball and... I know. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I think this next one's a bit bolder than what my first poll prediction was. I'm going to go, Sherman's going to have two interceptions. Right. I think that's a bold prediction. I was, yeah, I was actually going to go opposite and I was going to say Mosley was going to have two interceptions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. We'll, we'll stick to that. I'm, I'm going left side, yeah. you go right side. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll probably have one, one each. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, one. I'll I'll take one each. To be honest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks for joining me tonight, Andrew. Um, it's always good to have a different view on the podcast rather than uh, people listening to me endlessly droning on. I know that can get boring after a while. That's not a problem at all. Thanks once again to all the listeners. Um, please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast and also check out our YouTube channel. I've recently uploaded a feature-length version of the 2017 vlog I did when I went across to see the uh, the 49ers Seahawks game. Um, it's got a few new transitions effects and a, a much better soundtrack than what the original did. Plans are ongoing for this year's Thanksgiving vlog, so I'm, I'm flying across for the Packers game on uh, November the 24th, and I'm going to do a vlog again. So I'll be vlogging the whole week while I'm out there, um, because I think I'm out there for 10 nights, and I'll have my usual partner in crime, David Ellicott, who has promised me that he's... <laughs> that we are not going to drink as much as we did last time. <laughs> so hopefully the actual game day vlog, I will not look like an inebriated fool. So keep keep your eye open for that. If you are subscribed to the YouTube channel, obviously you'll get an update uh, when that comes comes through. Right. I hope everybody enjoys tonight's game. And hopefully tomorrow morning, we're going to be celebrating uh, a 4-0 start to the season. All right, catch you later, guys. Go Niners. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff arm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick, we're all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.